Welcome to the 10th episode of the 1796 Podcast, a monthly podcast that features exclusive interviews and in-depth news about the Tennessee National Guard and the Tennessee Military Department. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Malone. And I'm Captain Hall, your co-hosts of the 1796 Podcast. In our first episode of 2023, Lieutenant Colonel Malone sits down with two guests from Chattanooga. First up, Major Chris LaBanca, the new commander of the 241st Engineering Squadron, who discusses his goals and vision for the future of the 241st. And we'll hear from Mr. Stephen Thomas, who is the Director of Operations at the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center located in Chattanooga. And of course, we'll brief you on the latest and most important news impacting the Tennessee National Guard in our Tennessee Bluff news segment. But first, our conversation with Major Chris LaBanca. Thank you very much, Captain Hall. Well, friends, listeners to the 1796 podcast, we are thrilled to have with us today Major Chris LaBanca. He is the new commander of the 241st Engineering Installation Squadron in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we are in Chattanooga recording today. So first off, Major LaBanca, welcome. Happy to be here. Thrilled to have you on the podcast. First off, uh, tell us a little bit about your military journey to this point. How did you come to be the commander of the 241st? Sure, sure. It's, um, well, that, that story dates back to 1994. This 17-year-old getting ready to graduate high school and uh, didn't have a way to, knew it was important to go to college, but didn't have the resources to get there. And... Um, so I just remember one day coming home and seeing in the mailbox a flyer from the U.S. Air Force mm-hmm. uh, and and also the Army, to be quite quite honest. Of course, I tossed that one aside. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew the Air Force would, would, would be the right branch for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing against the our, our, our brothers and sisters in arms Absolutely. on that side. I took that flyer, and, and I think I... I saw that as a sign and uh, got on my bike. I must have went two, three miles to get to the recruiter's office, went in there and just started talking to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fast forward uh, to a couple months after that, I was uh, Airman Basic LaBanca mm-hmm. and then was told, hey, you're going to be a uh, security forces guy. Of course, at that time it was security police, but mm-hmm. my first uh tour of active duty was as a security forces uh, guy, very high tempo career field, loved it, learned a lot, deployed to Cuba, worked at the uh, the prison camp, uh, Camp X-Ray, just gained a, a lot of experience. Um, got out after the first term as a senior airman, had a 10-year break actually. I just always wanted to be back in uniform and additionally I always had that life goal to be an officer, mm-hmm. be a commissioned officer. So. Fast forward 10 years, had the opportunity to go into the Florida Air National Guard and joined uh, a unit there and uh, got stationed in Cape Canaveral as a uh, space enlisted guy. Super cool job as an enlisted person because we got to launch um, the Air Force rockets uh, and uh, also at the time the shuttle program was still running. So we we were launching the shuttle. Uh, program, but still aspired to be a commissioned officer and through word of mouth heard about this unit out uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee uh, called the 119th and you know they had this uh, this stratcom mission going on and and um, they were holding an officer's board. After I heard about that and made contact uh, with the 119th I uh, booked my airfare that night I believe and two weeks later I was uh, in a room uh, with, I think, over 30 people in a conference room uh, attending my 
uh, th this officer board. So it worked out and, and I was blessed to, to be selected. A month later, house was on the market and we moved to, to Knoxville, Tennessee for, um, for this uh, DSG role and it worked out great. So got commissioned, did the, did, also did space, IMD role, integrated missile defense mm -hmm. at the 119th. Did that for three, four years. And then, as you know, the mission changed to cyber. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, became a uh, cyber warfare operations officer, uh, 17 Sierra, and did that for, for a little while. And, and then um, was given the opportunity to come to the 241st. Uh, I heard about this amazing GSU out in Chattanooga. And um, geographically so, separated that's unit. That's right, GSU, geographically yeah. separated unit. And, you know, I said, absolutely. So uh, raise my hand for that, and that's and, and now I'm here. So, all right. So that is the 241st Engineering Installation Squadron in Chattanooga. What is the 241st? What is Engineering Installations? What does the unit do? Yeah. Well, I like to think of it as a mini AT&T. The unit here provides enduring communications infrastructure to government installations, both CONUS and OCONUS. So I think of outside plant, as we call it, you may see uh, AT&T on the side of the road that's running fiber uh, cable underground or up a telephone pole and you know, uh, what have you. Th this unit does that as well, right? They go through the manholes, they do the, the, the uh, ISP as well, which is the, um, the inside plant. So think about nipper and sipper, right? Mm -hmm. So we provide those communications to government facilities, and we do that in partnership with several allied support functions, right? We can't do that on our own. So we do rely on relationships and partnerships with CE, Red Horse, Basecom, right? Uh, and, and oftentimes the, the Basecom commander is our internal client that mm -hmm. we're supporting. Today we support four states. Tennessee, of course, Kentucky, Alabama, and Indiana. Two of the most recent projects, actually, we completed were 80-plus wireless access points all over the base for the 118th, and we recently did an incident notification and warning system expansion for the 164th. Um, Memphis? Memphis. Yeah, in Memphis, Memphis. Mm -hmm. and and currently working with the um, in Alabama the 187th Fighter Wing in in Montgomery mm -hmm. to install comms for their new sun shelters. So think about those F-35s need comm capabilities to download mm -hmm. their data and know if they need to fix a part or something. Updates, right? so, <laughs> updates, yeah, updates of software. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. really exciting stuff yeah. that that the that the and then of course the Oconus por portion of that. Just recently, um, we had folks from this unit that were uh, supporting Operation Freedom Sent Sentinel in AFRICOM. Mm -hmm. And then simultaneously, we had folks that were deployed downrange supporting Operation Spartan Shield in the AFSENT area. So, cool. Yeah. Awesome. All over the world. All, all over the, the time. world. Yeah. We yeah. started in 1952 uh, with seven enlisted and one officer, mm -hmm. uh, which is crazy to think about that. Just And I understand that they used to go to the uh, the dome building uh, downtown it's Chattanooga. It's a downtown building. And, yeah. 70 <laughs> years. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite amazing. So uh, you just assumed command, at least by the time listeners hear this, you will have assumed command of the 241st. What's your vision for the unit? What, what's your take, as you take leadership of the squadron, what, what's your vision for the future forum? Yeah, good question. I mean, uh, first and foremost, we will continue to provide consistently flawless engineering and installation uh, mission service anytime, anywhere during peace and war, right? That's, that's number one, been doing it for 
70 years now, right? We're going to continue to do that. I'd say additionally, there are a few things that are top of mind for me. One, the Bulgaria State Partnership Program, helping them with their comm infrastructure and potentially supporting the upcoming Thracian Century uh, mm -hmm. exercise, yeah. right, this summer. The second I'd say is um, the expansion of ENI support in the Indo-PACOM and USAFI regions. Lots going on there, and quite possibly in the Arctic. The Arctic is a critical region for power projection and homeland defense, mm -hmm. and, and we may you know, be able to contribute to some of that success there. And then the third, I'd say, top of mind is, you know, there's a lot to talk about this XCOM vision, um, and that's basically integrating ENI with Combat Com. It's, you know, future stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, to take advantage of synergies between the two um, functions. So, you know, I'd, I'd love to be at the table for those discussions. Yeah. And, and uh, of course, Tennessee likes to lead from the front. So, so we plan to be uh, discussing with the group anything that you know, comes out of that. I guess that would kind of go hand in glove with the Air Force's push for agile combat employment Absolutely. as well. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So you mentioned you are a DSG, drill status guardsman. That's got to be a big challenge, balancing a civilian career and commanding a, a squadron here in Chattanooga. What are the challenges there? How do you plan to tackle them? In conjunction with that, what's important about having a National Guard that has those civilians like that the majority of the time where they can... I'll put this in air quotes, drop the plow and pick up the musket. Why is that important? Very, very important. I've been with uh, AT&T since 1999 when I got off of active duty. And so 23 years now. And, um, and while most, you know, some people, when they think about AT&T, they think about their cell phone and, but AT&T just so, so much bigger. I've been in the technology side for all those 23 years. So you think about network operations, cybersecurity, project management, cyber product management, agile software development life cycle. And that's for the systems and tools that operations use. So think of it as our weapon systems, mm -hmm. right? To support our customers. And then um, what I'm doing currently is transformation. That's just looking for opportunities to improve processes using agile, just ways where the business can increase their revenues and cut out costs. But a lot of that experience is transferable to all aspects of what the military does in the cyberspace career field. So as an example, within ENI, uh, I got my first taste of uh, an appreciation for what the airmen here do. Oconus downrange last year. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I deployed with them and got to learn their process. And I was so impressed, not only by what they do and how they do it and how, you know, uh, great they are. I started talking to them about agile and, and agile and ENI. And, and I wasn't sure what kind of reaction I would get as the new guy coming here, you know, on the deployment with them, but man, they were open-minded and, we had we were up and running in an agile fashion within the first two weeks um, to do engineering and uh, not the installation part, but engineering and QA. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they were pumping out products consistently every two weeks. They mm -hmm. had a package right product. Right. And as a result, they got recognized for it. So all that said, it, you know, back to your first question, the balance. Yes, uh, it's a big balance. 
I've got a team at AT&T that's doing this transformation. It keeps me quite busy. Uh, naturally, as stepping into the commander, there's increased responsibilities and um, communication will be key. I'm partnered up with uh, Major Posey, uh, who's going to be my full-time detachment commander, and I have high confidence in, in his ability to step in here and keep things moving. And, and he and I will be lock and step and uh, just constantly communicating with each yeah. other. You, you talked about the airmen of the 241st on deployment. The 241st has received a lot of accolades lately. What are some of those? And what about this organization makes it such a quality unit to get those accolades? Yeah. So first of all, I'm not surprised, right? I mean, you know, seeing these guys and gals in, in action uh, is quite impressive. In fact, uh, I, I mean, I, I could tell you, based on the folks that were with me down in the absent, um, we had one uh, senior NCO that made Cyber Warrior the month. Mm -hmm. We were uh, with a sister unit uh, out of the 202nd Georgia and, and had a combined team that uh, was Cyber Team of the Month. I think all in all, we had seven deployment awards that last deployment. Mm -hmm. So quite impressive. Then you add some of the individual awards, right, that were going on. We had um, Sergeant Steele. He, uh, he was the 2021 Tennessee Airman of the Year for the junior enlisted category. He, he won regional uh, as well. And then we had Senior Airmans, uh, who was on our deployment. He made um, the uh, Senior NCO of the Year. So yeah, that I mean uh, the unit awards, right? We had we had the meritorious uh, unit award that we received. Uh, we had the 2021 Major General Harold Her McClellan Award that was issued at the muster last year. That's a com unit mm -hmm. award. Mm -hmm. So I could go on and on, and and I, I love to brag about this, but um, but honestly, the uh, like I said, it it's not it shouldn't be surprising. Uh, there's a brand that that this unit has built over the years, and. Uh, the Tennessee 241st ENS squadron or ENI squadron is uh, is well known without the throughout the community. Awesome, great information, and seems like you're going to be blessed to be the commander of a lot of great people. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, as we uh, like to do on the podcast, it's kind of our standard closing question. What's your best piece of leadership advice to to those airmen and soldiers out there listening? Sure. Well. Gosh, there's so many. One thing is I always believe in learning from not only the, the good leaders you've served under, but also there's some learnings there from maybe not the, the, the greatest ones, right? Sure. So you learn what to do and you, as you shape yourself as a leader and what you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. A few things that come to mind for me is um, attitude, uh, work ethic, and then everything else, mm -hmm. right? I'll take a green person that has a positive attitude and is self-motivated over a subject matter expert that has a bad attitude and work ethic, right? One of my favorite quotes, don't send your ducks to Eagle School by John C. Maxwell. You may be familiar with that one. And then I think second to that is um, we talked, we hit a little bit on this uh, throughout this podcast, but have an agile mindset. Mm -hmm. It's so important. I mean, the agile mind mindset is a thought process, really, that involves understanding, collaborating, learning, and staying flexible to achieve high-performing results. Another quote that I really like is um, from General C.Q. Brown, and it's mm -hmm. accelerate, change, or lose, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I, I believe fully in that. Yeah. So we got to have an agile mindset. That's awesome. That's great. I think the Air Force might say flexibility is the key to air That's power, right. right? <laughs> yep. 
Well, Major LaBanca, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We really appreciate having you today. Thanks for having me. Hey, Captain Hall, back to you. Up first this month in the Tennessee Bluff, it was an eventful New Year's Eve for four Tennessee Army National Guard soldiers who conducted an emergency air rescue along the Appalachian Trail. Two hikers who were stuck on the trail called for assistance. Less than an hour after receiving confirmation from the Tennessee Emergency Management Agency, a UH-60 Blackhawk from the Tennessee National Guard was on site, airlifting the hikers to Johnson City Medical Center. Following treatment for minor injuries, they were released from the hospital. Last July, the 1796 podcast had the opportunity to interview two soldiers from the 1-230th Assault Helicopter Battalion. You can learn more about this critical mission by listening to that podcast, which was featured in July of 2022. In national news, President Biden has signed the 2023 Omnibus Bill, which includes $858 billion for defense through the National Defense Authorization Act, including additional investments in the National Guard. Of note, this legislation also repeals the 2021 COVID-19 vaccination mandate for members of the military. And finally, as we begin 2023, this year will mark the 30th anniversary of the creation of the State Partnership Program. The State Partnership Program, or SPP for short, is a highly effective and cost-efficient operation run by the National Guard Bureau that connects states with militaries of partner nations across the globe. The official mission of the SPP, which began shortly after the collapse of the Soviet Union, is to support the security cooperation objectives of the United States. In practical terms, that means National Guard units are partnering with allied militaries on everything from senior leader engagements to full-scale exercises. While every state and territory now has at least one SPP partner nation, Tennessee was among the first to form a partnership, starting in 1993 with the Eastern European nation of Bulgaria. This alliance has led to remarkable benefits for both Tennessee and Bulgaria including enhanced capabilities in emergency management and force protection. Throughout the year, in celebration of the 30th anniversary, we will feature stories and insights about this enduring partnership. That's our Tennessee Bluff for this month. Up next, Lieutenant Colonel Malone sits down with Mr. Stephen Thomas. Thank you, Captain Hall. Well, listeners, we are back in Chattanooga with this next interview, and I am honored to be joined today by Stephen Thomas. Stephen is the Director of Operations for the Charles H. Coolidge Medal of Honor Heritage Center, which is located in downtown Chattanooga, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So first off, it's the Charles H. Coolidge Medal of Honor Heritage Center. That's a mouthful. Why Charles H. Coolidge? So Charles Coolidge uh, is a Chattanooga native. He lived on Signal Mountain for the majority of his life, with the exception of the years that he spent in Europe fighting during World War II. Uh, he is a Medal of Honor recipient. Uh, he's our hometown hero uh, for actions in eastern France during in 1944. Very cool. All right. So that makes a local tie-in. That's awesome. Um Speaking of local tie-ins, I know that there is a Medal of Honor connection to Chattanooga. So what is that connection, and is that why the Heritage Center is in Chattanooga? That is exactly why the Heritage Center is in downtown Chattanooga. Uh, So within a 25-mile radius of our downtown location, 
the first 52 actions that warranted the Medal of Honor during the Civil War took place. Uh, from battles of Chickamauga, Lookout Mountain, Wadahachi, uh, you Missionary Ridge, you keep going, you're going to find these, uh, these medals. So Chattanooga is considered the birthplace of the Medal of Honor. Now, the first medals were for a raid that took place uh, when a group of federal soldiers, United States soldiers from an Ohio Infantry Regiment, volunteered to go on a mission into Georgia behind Confederate lines to steal a train and start driving it back to Chattanooga, causing mischief and mayhem along the way. Right. Uh, Andrews Raiders. Right? Andrews Raiders. If somebody wanted to look it up, maybe Absolutely. About it. Yeah, yes. very cool. Very interesting. All right, so if I were to make a visit to the Heritage Center, it's in downtown Chattanooga near the aquarium during, you know, all, all that area, uh, what would I see? What's it like there? You know, we we tout ourselves as the largest military timeline uh, in Tennessee. And, and what we mean by that is that we have set up exhibits that immerse you into the action. So the idea is that it's a snapshot. You're learning about this individual, this recipient, as you're going through the scene. Um, if you visited our site, you would be transported back to different times. You get to see a paratrooper dropping into the gallery, the main gallery, which is Paul Huff, who is the first American paratrooper to receive the medal. And he's from Cleveland, Tennessee, just right down the road. Yep. Awesome. All right. Uh, you offer education for students. You go out to schools and students come to you. What's that education program like? What's the program? Yeah, so sticking with the curriculum uh, and the standards that uh, Hamilton County and Tennessee uh, have set, then we are responsible for the history side of that. You know, when kids come on a field trip, uh, they get to walk through the history. It's, a, it's the largest timeline, as I said. Uh, and the United States has been in war or conflict for about 93% of its history. So if you really want to understand change over time, which is how our country and how our views and culture have changed over time, it, you can study it through conflict. Uh, and so these students that come, they, they get an understanding of, of different time periods uh, and placing this one individual into the context of the history. And that uh, also helps build their understanding of what character is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and there are six character traits that are associated with the Medal of Honor. That's patriotism, citizenship, courage, integrity, sacrifice, and commitment. Uh, these are traits that we all carry uh, throughout the day, throughout our lives. Uh, and the students understand it better through the eyes of the recipient as they're learning their story. Very interesting. That's great. And I, I've been blessed enough to get to go to the, the Heritage Center. It is fabulous. And not only the, the, the timeline of the different recipients, but the timeline of the medal itself, too, right? It's, it's changed a little bit over time, what it looks like. Right. You know, a lot of, a lot of people don't understand how deep the history mm -hmm. with the Medal of Honor in Tennessee actually goes. Uh, in, you know, the 19th century medal, or the medal that was handed to recipients between 1862 and 1895, uh, looked a certain way. And the Army and the Navy were the only two branches to have uh, a medal at the time. Uh, after the Civil War, there was a, a group of veterans that started an organization called the Grand Army of the Republic. Uh, these guys would get together, they would host reunions, they would have meetings, they would vote, petition the government, so on and so forth. Well, one of the 
the reunions, uh, they started issuing medals. Uh, the medal looked a little too similar mm-hmm. to the Medal of Honor. So the original design was changed by having a ribbon changed in 1895, but the GAR had already redesigned their medal too, and it still looked very similar. Uh, so in 1904, uh, George Gillespie, who is a Tennessee Medal of Honor recipient uh, from the Civil War, he at the time was actually a part of the commission for uh, uh, the Levy Project in Mississippi. Uh, he was asked if he could lead another commission to redesign the Medal of Honor. Uh, so George Gillespie uh, contracted with a jeweler in Paris. Uh, they created this new medal, and it was accepted and adopted. Uh, and that is how we see the Medal of Honor today. It is known as the Gillespie Medal. Got it. Very interesting. Very cool. Um, on a side note, I uh, helped with the Medal of Honor convention gathering in Knoxville a few weeks ago, and so I got to see many, all the recipients that were present, and they do live out these character traits, patriotism, citizenship, courage, integrity, sacrifice, and commitment. I got to hear some of their talks out in the schools. It was really great. So if a person uh, goes to the Heritage Center, what do you want them to take away? What's the main message? The main message is it doesn't matter necessarily where you come from. It's where you stand in the moment that you face adversity. Yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't just just because you are not in the United States military does not mean you can't show patriotism. It doesn't mean that you know, you're not going to face different points uh, in your life that are going to be tough. That's going to require courage. It's going to require commitment, and it might even require sacrifice of some sort. Uh, we definitely want people to walk away understanding that no matter what, the moment in your life. Can, any moment in your life can change. And as long as you are ready for it, you'll face it head on. Absolutely. Wonderful. All right. So if someone wanted to learn more about the Heritage Center, where would they go? What would they do? Yeah. So if you wanted to learn more about the center, you can go to mohhc.org. Uh, that would spell out Medal of Honor Heritage Center. Uh, and there you can find ticket prices. You can find events. We have webinars happening all the time. We have uh, Medal of Honor recipients that drop by. If you follow us on social media, too, you can also find that. Uh, we're, our handle is First Medals, so you can find us on Instagram, uh, National Medal of Honor Heritage Center for Facebook. Uh, we just started a TikTok. Uh, we have a new communications intern that will be uh, starting that, so that'll be that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, stay up to date with right. all of our socials. That's wonderful. Stephen, thank you so much for joining the 1796 Podcast. I'm so glad to be here. We really appreciate it, and we look forward to helping you get the word out about the Heritage Center. Captain thank you Hall. so much, and thank you for your service. Thank you. Captain Hall, back to you. Thanks for listening to the 1796 Podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing, sharing this episode with friends, and giving us a five-star review. The 1796 Podcast is produced by the Airmen and Soldiers of the Tennessee National Guard Joint Public Affairs Office. For more information, please visit www.tn.gov backslash military.